uh, just your word uh, is uh, there's a lot of areas in life that we don't really uh, understand and there's a lot of things in life that we think we understand but uh, we don't really know and so Lord you left us uh, a clear and concise word uh, your pure word uh, to know um, to be able to uh, have a handle on the things of uh, uh, just this life. And uh, there's nothing that we're going to come across in life that uh, your word doesn't clearly and concisely uh, give us instruction on. So, Lord, I do pray that uh, as we jump back into 1 Corinthians chapter 7 today, that you would just speak uh, to us. Uh, Lord, I really don't have a lot to say. Um, I never do, uh, but your word has a lot. And so, uh, Lord, I do just pray. Uh, that you would get the honor and the glory for it. And I thank you for those who are uh, here today uh, and those who aren't. There's several that are uh, in the ministry working today. There's several that are out and about doing different things. So, uh, God, I do pray that you would just uh, bless those, bless the Newlands as they're on vacation. Uh, Just be with those who are out for different reasons. And, Lord, just uh, speak to us today. Lord, I do pray for uh, the Scholes family, the Darby family, and uh, just the the accident this week. I pray that uh, in the midst of uh, such tragedy, your your name could be uh, proclaimed and that you could get the honor and the glory for for it. And uh, Lord, we know that nothing happens uh, that's out of your will, so uh, you have a purpose for everything. So I do pray that you would get uh, the glory for all that uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, if you got your Bibles, open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, so this isn't just a coincidence. This is kind of like the, the marriage chapter in 1 Corinthians, and it really... It just happened to be. We've been going through 1 Corinthians. We know that this is a letter that uh, the Apostle Paul wrote to uh, the church in Corinth to... Uh, uh, to answer some questions we find out, but uh, basically they had been, you know, kind of doing some things that maybe weren't uh, exactly as godly as they ought to be, right? And so this is kind of a rebuke letter. And so he's went through a lot of that. And when you get to chapter 7, uh, we find out that uh, they had already written a letter to him asking him some questions. And so now after six chapters of rebuke of what in the world are you doing here, not sure what you were thinking there, uh, shouldn't you maybe act a little uh, more grown up here? Six chapters of that, he finally says, okay, now I'll answer some of your questions. And so they had uh, some marriage questions, and it didn't really say what they asked, but if you kind of read between the lines, they basically had asked in uh, chapter 7, you know, shouldn't the people in the church be married? You know, shouldn't the picture of Christ in the church be fulfilled? You know, shouldn't single people be trying to be married? And so he answers all that, uh, and you can go back and listen to it uh, on on the podcast thing or on the internet or on the the website, whatever. It's out there. I don't know. They make me record. They tell me to record, and people listen to it. I don't know how it all works. It gets from point A to point B, like, and so uh, that's not me. Anyway. Uh, so he's answered these questions, and so uh, for the first couple uh, weeks in this chapter, we looked at kind of uh, some marital roles and some things like that, and we'll get much more in depth in the in the class on Saturday evenings. But uh, and so last week we uh, talked about. Uh, it was a really fun topic. We talked about divorce stuff because that's what everybody wants to talk about. I usually uh, do my best to never even uh, mention the word divorce, but you know, go back and listen to that. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it uh, today because we, we spent a lot of time on it last week. The Word of God is very clear uh, in all of that, and so go back and listen to it because uh, I don't want to reteach that. Um, so anyway, so from there, uh, we get into this section, and we're going to be uh, in verse 17 today moving forward, uh, that... You would, you would think, because this chapter as a whole is uh, marriage-focused, but then all of a sudden he goes from like these very marital topics to how does this have anything to do with marriage whatsoever? You know, and uh, I'll let you know how uh, as, as we get into it. But let's just jump into this. Let's read through uh, a little bit of this, and then we'll circle back around, and we'll, and we'll talk about uh, where we're going with this. So in verse 17, he says, But as God hath distributed to every man... 
He's not talking about just men here. Uh, but in, to every man, uh, as the Lord hath called every one, he clarifies, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him uh, not become uncircumcised. I don't even know how that would happen, but anyway. Uh, is any called uh, in uncircumcision? Let him be circumcised. Or, uh, let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but the keeping, keeping of the commandments uh, of God. Just pause for a second. Every time they talk about circumcision, uncircumcision, it's like it turns into a tongue twister. Every single time, it doesn't matter which book you're in, it's like, what in the world is he saying? Just really quick to clarify, he's talking about uh, it doesn't matter if you were called being a Jew or if you were called being a Gentile. You don't have to try to be something you're not to follow God. That's what he's saying. The circumcision are known as the Jews, the Jewish people. That was what they were told to do in the Old Testament, okay? And then he talks about in the, uh, the uncircumcision, you will be a Gentile. Well, and we know in the book of Acts there was a transition, and Paul goes to the Gentiles, okay? So what he's trying to say here, without it being a tongue twister and very confusing, is you don't have to be Jewish to follow God. You don't have to be only Gentile in this church to follow God. You can do it exactly how God, where you're at, right? Where you, you, use what's in your hand, Right, Moses? Use your staff. Whatever you got, use that. Moving on. We'll get back and, and circle back around. Verse 20. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he is uh, called. Uh, art thou called being a servant? Uh, care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he uh, that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price, but not ye uh, be uh, not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein is he called, therein abide with God. So he, he kind of circles this whole thing around. And then from here uh, he jumps into what we'll start talking about next week. And he talks about uh, uh, virgins and what he's talking about when he says that. Uh, are, uh, it, it means a couple different things. So come back and we'll talk about that. But it's, again, not really what you're thinking. But uh, So we'll get into that next week. But there's just kind of this short section. And he's like, you just need to abide where you're at. Uh, stop trying to be something you're not and, and just serve where you're at. And so that in a nutshell, is what we're going to talk about today. Stop trying to be something you're not and just do what God has asked you to do, right? Too often we're like, well, uh, this person over here, they're doing that, and that looks really awesome. I'm going to go do that. Or, but then, you know, and we just bounce around and just do what God has called you to do. So anyway, uh, your title today, <clears throat> if you're a title person, is where will I abide? And I'm not talking about me. Where will I abide? And so when we talk about the word abide, uh, what does that mean? When you hear the word abide, uh, what does that mean? Somebody tell me. Somebody, somebody's. Tell me what that means when you hear it. Whoa. Reside. What? Reside. To reside. Okay. You're not wrong. What? To rest in. To rest in. That's very interesting you would say that. I didn't think anybody else would say that. Uh, uh, you know, and so, like, a lot of times, uh, if I ask my son, I know what he's thinking. Uh, he's thinking, yes, I will abide by your rules, Dad. I don't like them, but I will abide by them. Uh, you know, all the, all the different things, right? So there's a lot of different things uh, when you think of the word abide. When, uh, it, it actually, when you think about uh, the word and the definition of it, I can, I can tell you what I was looking it up earlier. Um, uh, it, the definition means to accept or act in accordance with. So it actually would go right back to, of course it would, because my son is always right, uh, you know, following the rule, right? I am going to submit to what you're saying. That I will abide by what you're saying. But when I hear the word abide, and I'm not saying that I have uh, authority over what the, the dictionary says, uh, but when I hear the word abide, uh, to me, it just simply, the best way that I can explain it is just to rest in. We know that in the book of John, it says that we are supposed to abide in him. 
well, the best way that I can abide in Christ is to rest. Uh, I can get really busy doing a lot of things. Most of you guys know me. Uh, I'm always going 100 mile an hour. It might be doing absolutely nothing. I don't know why. I have a hard time just resting. I just do. Ask my wife. She's just like, I don't know. I am always going. We're, we're busy. We're, we're working. We're doing this. We're doing that. I have a hard time resting. And so when I read uh, the chapter in the book of John where it says that we are supposed to abide in him, uh, the best way that we need to do that is just simply rest. Sometimes what God wants from you is not what you can do, uh, but you being what he wants you to be, right? Does that make any sense? Sometimes he just wants you to be who he's called you to be, and that doesn't always mean the things that you're doing. Yes, we're called to do a lot of things, but sometimes we need to learn to be who God has called us to be before we need to uh, work on what he's telling us to do. So it's to rest, and that's that's kind of the, the angle I'm going to go with this today. Is we're gonna, we need to rest, and so where, where will I abide? And so here's your list for today, because I usually always have a list and for you to track with. So I have eight subtle questions as we go through this, eight subtle questions to ask yourself that will reveal how you abide. Eight subtle questions, and Paul doesn't really just come right out and ask any of these things, but eight subtle questions that you can kind of ask yourself that will reveal to you how you are going to abide, right? And so uh, let's circle back around in in verse 17, right? And so uh, he says in verse 17, But as God hath distributed to every man... It doesn't say that he gave something to some people. Uh, He says that he has distributed to every man. As the Lord hath called every one... Interesting that he doesn't say he's only called some people. Uh, he's distributed to every man and he's called every one. Uh, you know, very inclusive here. Uh, so let him walk. And so I uh, ordain I in all churches. Is any man uh, being uh, circumcised, let him uh, not become uncircumcised. Is any, be in un- is any called in uncircumcision, let him uh, not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commandments of God. So, the first little bit of this is, you know, remember the context. We read this and we're like, okay, I see the angle you're kind of getting at here. But remember the context of the chapter. Don't ever go to the Bible and try to just say, okay, well, I think this is what it's saying and forget about the context of where you're at. The first rule of Bible study is what? You guys should all know this. It's context. What is the context of what he's saying? Does that mean that you can't learn other things uh, applicationally? No, there's a lot of things. I can go to a marriage passage and learn a lot of things just about myself, right? I can go to a, a passage on uh, really whatever, and it's how was God talking to you today, devotionally, right? That's, so that's why we can read the Bible over and over and over again and still get something new. It's fresh all the time. There's things, I have notes in my Bible about what God was like really running me over on a passage, and then I'll read through it again years later, and I'm like, I don't even, I'm not seeing that at all now. I know God was really talking to me, but uh, today he's really saying something different. It's the same passage. That's how the word of God works devotionally in your life, okay? But you have to remember when you're thinking of context, that is how God is teaching doctrine. He's teaching marriage doctrine here. And we just got out of a short passage on what he was talking about of, is it really good for us to divorce, right? And we looked at all the different passages throughout the Bible where it talks about these things. And what he basically said is, uh, if you think you got to, ladies, then 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 leave. But it says you're supposed to uh, remain single or and go back. Well, I'm not going to like step on toes because we talked about all the different ins and outs last week. Okay. But what this comes out of that passage. And what he's saying is wherein you're called, just abide there. You might not be in the best marriage. You might not be in the best situation. Uh, That's the situation that God has you in right now. Right. I think back to early on in our marriage, you'll have to come to the 
the the marriage uh, class thing that we're going to do. And uh, the first night, Paige and I are going to share our testimony. A lot of you guys have heard our testimony, but some of you haven't. And uh, it's pretty impactful to see where God brought us from to where we are now. But uh, I think back, and it's like there was really nothing good about our marriage, save the fact that uh, we were married. <laughs> You know, there was nothing good happening, uh, nothing. And I'm not going to get into that. We could spend a lot of time on that. And I don't want to go down that road right now. But the, the purpose is God had a plan throughout all of that. God had a purpose throughout all of that. And sometimes you need to learn. We need to learn to abide where God has us instead of saying, I don't like it here. I'm going to go over here. Ooh, the, the heat's getting a little hot here. I'm going to, I'm going to move over here. Oh, this situation isn't just right. Okay. It must be time to move. And, uh, Sometimes God will work through circumstances like that. Too often, uh, as soon as we get uncomfortable, we think, it must be time to go. It must be time to move. Well, uh, I remember the disciples going through a lot of things that weren't super comfortable for them. I remember Jesus himself, as you read through the Gospels, doing a lot of things that I would have been like, uh, yeah, that, that doesn't seem like it's working really well. Uh, so sometimes we need to uh, learn to abide where we are through the hard through the, the whatever. And so when we're talking about marriage context, remember they asked the question, shouldn't we be, uh, shouldn't we be married in the church? You know, shouldn't that be our, our goal here? Because the picture is Christ in the church. Remember, Paul, and uh, that's kind of what they were saying. They were trying to throw slight on uh, the people who decided they were going to be unmarried. And the first thing Paul says is, you'd be better off if you stayed single, right? And go back and listen to all that in the first part of the chapter. But uh, if he says, basically, if you can't avoid, avoid fornication, then yeah, go ahead and get married. So the point here is, he says, uh, wouldn't it be better if you just, you know, God's calling you right where you're at. Well, why don't you just do something with that for now, right? Just use what you have in your hand right now and do that. Uh, you know, read the, the book of Ruth. The best place, if you're single, the best place to find a spouse is in the field. Now, I mean, unless you're good friends with Doug, you're not going to spend a lot of time out in the cornfield or, or the wheat field, right? Uh, I mean, he might let you come ride the combine with him, but uh, he's probably not going to let you drive. I'm just saying. Uh, that thing costs way too much money. Uh, but what I'm saying is, like, when I say if you're looking for uh, a spouse, do it in the field, uh, the ministry is the field. God's work is the field. You want to find a Boaz or a Ruth in your life? Get busy about God's business, doing what he's called you to do right now, and wait for him to bring you somebody. Because he will, if that's his will in your life. You know, that's what you need to do. Anyway, that's the context when we're talking about marriage. Okay, so with that in mind, let's kind of move on. God calls us where we are, right? He doesn't, you know, I remember when I was lost, God didn't say, hey, you need to really get this figured out in your life, and then maybe you can come follow. He called me where I was. He doesn't tell me to change. He doesn't tell you to change and then call you. He calls you where you're at. Now, does that mean that you can continue to live in sin, that grace may abound? Well, Paul covers that in the book of Romans. He says, God forbid. That's not the goal here. But the goal is to change people's lives where they're at. That's the impact the gospel has on your life, is it can change you just the way you are. I look back on the way that I was before I got saved, and like I couldn't go back to that now if I wanted to. I, I wouldn't even know how. But God took me where I was, and then through the sanctification process, showed me what's the next right step. What's the next right step? Oh, you mean I shouldn't be doing that? Well, that's interesting because I did last week, but uh, okay. I, if that's what the Word of God says, then I will do that, right? And you learn to walk. You learn to take the next step, whatever it is. But God doesn't say, hey, you really got to get this figured out, and then I can use you. That's not how that works. God meets people where they're at so he can get them where they need to go. He doesn't say, hey, this is where you need to go. Do this, 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 and this, and then maybe I'll meet you there when you get there. Like That is the opposite of what Christianity is. Now, side note... That is what 
quote-unquote Christianity is for a lot of people. It's a list of things that you have to do and these other lists of things that you can't do because you have no liberty, and it becomes a works-based salvation. I had to do nothing to get saved other than realize that I was lost, he was good, and bow my knee to that, right? That's what salvation is. That's how God meets you where you're at and gets you where you need to go. Okay, so with all that being said, the only requirement for following is living for him today and moving forward. We talked about that last week, right? That when we talked about all the different divorce situations, it's like, well, like if I read this, it says that I should have done this, you know, years ago in my life, and then I would, uh, that would mean I might still be married to this person. Okay, we, we referenced all that. If I would have known what the Word of God said about a lot of areas in my life, looking back, I might be in a lot of different places. But that's all covered under the blood. The only thing that you can do moving forward is what you do from today moving forward. I can't change what I did in the past. Does that mean that like, there might not be jail time for that? I don't know. There are consequences for the decisions we made, but it doesn't mean that we have to live condemned. Does that make sense? You know, we have the, the opportunity to say, you know what? I've been a really lousy husband for a lot of years, but you know what? I, I'm not going to do it anymore. So from today moving forward, I'm going to try to be the person that God has called me to be. Now, does that mean that your spouse is automatically going to be like, oh, he's better? A lot of times they're like, I don't believe it. Yeah, prove it. Prove it for a long amount of time. You spend a long amount of time making yourself look like a fool. Uh, spend a long amount of time proving that you know, you're something different. And that's living with the consequences of sin. In your, but it doesn't mean you're condemned anymore with any area of your life. So the point here is like, the only requirement for following him isn't that you were Jewish, isn't that you were a Gentile now because it was a prominent, uh, prominently Gentile church in Corinth. The, the only requirement for following was, are you willing to follow? Are you willing to just do the next right thing today? Are you willing to just say, here am I, send me? Not, well, you know, I know it says that I should be this, so I guess I probably ought to go get married, and then I guess I probably ought to, you know, go and do this, and I probably, like... Too often in life we think, well, this is the next right, this is the next thing, right? This is the next step that we should take. This is the, what the world tells us. And guess what? Uh, God doesn't work on the world's timeline at all, right? Not, not at all. Uh, I, I, it, it just doesn't work that way. Sometimes God has a completely different plan that you had no idea. And it takes months or years even sometimes for you to be like, I, I totally see what God was doing now. I, it totally is starting to come into focus. I never would have understood it at the time, but uh, okay. Like, because that's what comes from you being like, here am I, send me. Like, hey, this is where I'm at today. It's, it's hard to go over here and do this because this is where I'm at today. I would have to stop completely doing what God has told me to do right here to go do that. And then if you did that, then what happens? You got this big hole. It doesn't work like that. Abide in where you were called is what he's trying to tell you. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish or Gentile or if you're like, you know, just coming out of the world. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, all messed up from your lost life. Uh, do the next right thing from today moving forward. That's how sanctification happens in your life. It's one day after another day. It's learning to, like, learning to walk again. Does that make sense? Okay, so here's your first question. Is, you know, I got some questions we're going to ask ourselves as we go through these. And, um, the first question to ask yourself is, is what exactly has God given to me? In verse 17, it says, uh, 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 but has God hath distributed to every man? So as you're asking yourself, what has God given to me? You're like, well, uh, I'm not married, uh, or, or I am married, and uh, well, 
that was the wrong choice, or, or whatever it is. A lot of times we like to think, you know, we've got it figured out. And, uh, well, guess what? God knows what he's doing. So what exactly has God given to you? Uh, there's, we've been through a season in our life uh, over the last six months or so where God has made it blatantly and abundantly clear to stop getting so focused on everything, because that's what I do. I'm, like, running all the time. Um, and, like, just think about what you got and slow down a little bit, right? And so uh, with the accident that happened this week and, you know, don't think that immediately it didn't roll in my mind, you know, my son should have been there not very long ago, right? And so just all the different things. And so God has a plan for everything that he's doing. And so, uh, you know, just understand, like, life is short. What has God called you to do today? Too often we're like, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Yeah, I was going to get there. I'm just, I'm really wanting to get this, you know, thing kind of, what has God called you to do until you get there? Uh, God never says, hey, why don't you just, why don't you just take a break for a minute? It doesn't happen. Right now, sometimes we do need to rest. The Bible says to rest, but you know what? Uh, a lot of times, if you study that word rest, uh, that word uh, rest finds you busy about His work, because that's where you find the most rest is when you're in Him, doing His things. Okay. Anyway, what has God given to me? Because you all should have an answer to that. You all should have a lot of answers to that. God has given you a lot, right? Ministry. You know, I'm not even talking about physical things. I'm just talking about you know. Uh, God has given you a lot. You need to be ready. So what has God given to me? The second question to kind of ask yourself, he's very subtly asking is, has the Lord, has, has the Lord, has the Lord, has the Lord put a calling on my life? Verse 17, he goes on to say, uh, but, as, uh, uh, but as God hath distributed every man, as the Lord hath called everyone. Has the Lord put a calling on your life? Now, I don't mean like, yeah, I'm called to go to HBI. Maybe you are. Yeah, I'm called to serve in this ministry. Yeah, I'm called to be a missionary or be a pastor. Those are all calls that you will have on your life. Um, but the answer to the question is, uh, yes, the Lord has put a calling on your life. A lot of them, probably. But focus on whatever the one is. Sometimes the, the, the calling on your life is uh, do what you're doing right now well. There was a season in life where we had way too many irons in the fire. You ever been there? Like, just you just always, I was just stretched too thin. And I don't usually say that because usually I'm just like, I'll sleep less and I'll figure it out. That's just my, I just do. And we go and I, you know, I think of Pastor Brian, the guy sleeps like three hours a night. And, you know, that, that's just how he does it. And I'm like, I, I try sometimes, but I just can't. But but the point is, like, have you ever been in a season of life where it's just like, I'm just stretched too thin? I was at a point where it was like I was doing a lot of things, but I wasn't doing anything well because I didn't have the time to devote to any of it, including my marriage, including raising my kids, including the ministry. It was like, yeah, I was involved in a lot of things, but I wasn't doing anything well. And so I came to the realization, God brought me to the realization, and it's like, hey, um, just do one thing well. Right, and so we had to back out of a lot of things, and you know, kind of replace ourselves in a lot of areas, and just slow down and say, okay, this is what God has called us to do. I want to do one thing well, right? And so, what is it that God has put a calling on in your life? You know, now there are a lot of them. You're called uh, to raise your kids. A lot, you know, this is the quote-unquote young adult class, but yet you know, we think we have the the biggest diversity uh, of people, and I, I like it that way. I actually like that it's not just. Uh, super young people, um, because I'm not young anymore, that's why. Um, if you want to know the truth, um, I feel it today. I don't know why. Some days you just feel 
rough, and I just I just feel rough today, man. My body's like, hey, I feel like you poured concrete on Friday, and you were scrubbing, and it was hot, and it just is a lot of things. And so anyway, I, what is it that God has called you to do? Be a better spouse. You know, be a better father. Be a better minister. Whatever it is. What is it, that, what is it that God has called me to do? Has the Lord put a calling on my life? And the answer is yes. You just need to figure out what it is, okay? And then again, in verse 17, your third question says, Am I walking according to my calling? Now, that's where it really starts to uh, put the rubber where it meets the road. Everybody knows they're called to something. Everybody knows that, like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do that. Am I actually doing what I'm supposed to do? We can give our kids a lot of rules in life. Hey, this is what you do in this situation. This is what you do in this situation. Hey, this is something that is allowed. This is something that isn't allowed. And so when they don't do what they're supposed to do, it's like, well, it's pretty black and white here. Did you do what you're supposed to do? No. What is that called? That's disobedience. Okay, well, what happens when we disobey? It's so much easier when they're little. It's like... Did you obey or disobey? Okay, what's the consequence for that? Oh, okay, now let's rectify this and move on. Then they're teenagers and they have their own ideals in life. And it's just like, I didn't ask you for your thoughts on life here. These are the rules, right? And so, and I understand, like, we're in a transition in our life. and Man, it's fun-ish. But uh, I love my kids to death. I really do. And I don't just say that because Brenton's in here. But, man, it is a season. And I don't even know how to explain it. But it is a season of life. Three teenagers all at the same time. Yay. Um, so it was all cool when they were little. I'm like, yeah, we're going to have kids. We're going to be done having kids. Like, we're going to be empty nesters by the time we're like 42, 43. Like, this is going to be great. And then it's like, oh, they're all teenagers at the same time. I'm not sure how great this is anymore. You know, and, it, and it, my kids are all great. But there's still a lot of things that come at you very quickly. Um, anyway. Am I walking according to my calling? Verse 17, he says, uh, And uh, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk. And so I adorn in, uh, adorn in, in all churches. What he's trying to say is, it doesn't matter if you're married or not married, any of these things. I ordain people who are single. I ordain people who are not single, who are Jewish, who are uh, Gentile. I, so that's what he's saying. But what he's saying is, what is your calling? Am I, am I walking according to my calling? Too often we know what God has told us to do. But we're like, hey, there's a squirrel over here, and I'm going to go follow it, right? Or, hey, that, that looks better. I'm going to go do that. Or I'm going to, you know, and uh, I'm the king of that. Like, hey, that's a shiny truck. Where is it going? Right? And I could totally lose my, my train of thought. And am I walking according to my call? I know I'm called. Am I taking steps to grow in that calling? Uh, am I trying to be more like Christ in that area? Or am I... Just working on this one thing. And yeah, I'll figure that out later. Sorry, babe. You know, we'll work on our marriage later. You know, maybe when the kids are gone, we'll figure that out. Uh, not a good thing to do, guys. You know, in, in any area of your life. God wouldn't give you more. Faithful is he who calleth you who also will do it. If he's called you to it, he's going to get you through it every time. Right? Does that mean it's going to be easy? I never said that. Uh, I'm, I've yet to see it be easy in anything. But does that mean it's not worth it? I also didn't say that. Because there's never been a time in my life where it hasn't been worth it. He will call you, but he will also bring you through it. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. So, uh, am I walking according to my calling? Verse 18, uh, here's another question. uh, This is what we we do, though. Uh, Here's the next question, number four. Am I trying to change what God wants to use? Am I trying to change what God wants to use? Too often uh, in life, we're like, yeah, I understand that I got this thing, uh, but it, it's not really that awesome. You know, and I know God could probably use it, but like it, that person over there, like their ministry, it's really sexy and like it's getting a lot of glory and a lot of things are happening. And, like that looks really cool, right? Uh, 
That's not what God called you to. At least not right now. That's not what God told you to do. At least not right now. We try to change what God wants us to use. Verse 18, he goes and he's like, Is any called being circumcised? Let him not be uncircumcised. Again, physically, that's not really a possible thing to do. But he's basically saying, if you're Jewish, you don't have to be un-Jewish. Again, I don't really know how you do that either. But uh, if you're Gentile, you don't have to like convert to be a proselyte Jew to follow, right? And he's saying all this. And what I'm trying to say is he's got this subtle question in here. Is like, you know you're called. You know you have a burden on your life for X, Y, Z, or all of the letters of the alphabet, because there's a lot of things to do. Uh, that doesn't mean that, but, but do I need to do this first, or do I need to change this about me first? Well, you know, I just got saved. Do I got to go, like, get my tattoos removed, or do I got to get rid of, uh, you know, this, that, and the other? You probably ought to quit going to the bar every night. You know, you probably ought to not talk to your wife like that anymore. You pro- there's a lot of things that you probably ought to start changing very quickly, but there's a lot of things that, like, those are just, those are details, right? Uh, some of the, the, the most radical Christians I know don't look like Christians, at all, right? Uh, for as much as you uh, may love or hate, not hate because he's your brother, uh, love or not love Mike Blake, uh, I really love the guy because he's just raw and he, he loves the Word of God so much. But man, the presentation sometimes is like, uh, I love my, I could listen to Mike Blake preach nearly every week. My wife, not so much. Right? Not not listening to her preach, but her listening to him preach, just because it's different style, right? But the point here is like, stop trying to be something you're not. Just because God has called you out of sin into light doesn't mean that you have to not be who you are, right? Learn how to be who you were in Christ. Does that make sense? You don't have to become a completely different person to now follow. Learn to use all of those things, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute. Learn to use all of that bad for his good, because he can. If you let him, stop trying to change. Am I trying to change what God wants to use? Sometimes God brings you through a lot of junk in life so that once you get saved, you can now look back on it. You know, it, there, was, there was not a whole lot of uh, marriage testimony for Paige and I going on soon after we got saved, right? Because it was still way too soon. And, and for those of you who know our testimony, you know. Um, it, it wasn't something that I was just like, hey, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> But there will always be a time, no matter what God has brought you through, that you can use it. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to know. Right? Somebody needs to know what it's like to raise three teenagers at once. Like me. Like somebody needs to tell me, right? Somebody needs to know what you've been through and how you know how God can get the glory through it, no matter what it is. Somebody that's why God brings us through so many different things. Because people need to learn how to walk through hard times. People need to learn how to do the hard thing even when it's hard. Because too often, Christianity Today says, oh, I don't have to do that. That's somebody else's job. I'm out. You know, I'll come back when it's better. I'll come back when it's easier. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what the disciples did. And by God's grace, that's what I try not to do. Right? And you should all have the same testimony. Would it be easier if this happened and this happened and this happened? Yeah, obviously. It would be easier. But guess what? what? What can you control in life? We've talked about this several times. What you do and that's it. That is the only thing that you can control is what you decide to do. I would really like to control what my kids do, what my spouse does, what my people in ministry do. I really do. It's like, hey, this is what the Word of God says. People come. They're like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's hard. You know? And then I'm like, this is what the Word of God says. Yeah, well, I'm like, 
no, no, not yeah, well, this is what the Word of God says. Uh, yeah, I, I maybe. <laughs> now again, like, I, you can be really thirsty, but I can't force the water down your throat. I can just tell you where it's at. You know? And so there are times it would be really easy to be like, hey, this is what you should do. And I'll tell you this is what you should do. But I can't do it for you. The only thing that you can control is what you do today and tomorrow and the next day. Now, the people seeing that day in and day out, that causes them to in turn say, what's different about you? Why are you like that? How did you do that? Okay, well then now let me tell you about it. Okay, we've got to keep moving. I'm running out of time very quickly. Um, uh, verse 20, it says, Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he's called. Verse 20, the fifth question you can ask yourself, am I abiding in my calling? Now remember, we were talking about resting earlier. Am I resting in my calling? Too often, we just really fight against what God has called us to do. I know God wants me to do that, but it's just a, you know, I think about Jacob in the book of Genesis. He's just wrestling with God, man. I promise, you know what you're going to come out of that with? A limp. Now, you want to wrestle with God, and you will limp the rest of your life for it so he can remind you, hey, don't do that again, son. Right? That's what happens. Now, does that mean I've never done it? Oh, no, I definitely have wrestled with God over a lot of things. And uh, I promise, as for as right as I thought I was, he's always, he always knows, even though I don't at the time. He always knows, am I abiding in my calling? Am I just simply staying where God has told me to stay? Does that mean that like, hey, once I sign up for this ministry, watching the kids, that I'm here forever? Probably not, but maybe. Uh, that means Brady's eyes just got really big. <laughs> no, it, it, sorry, it just caught me off guard. I've always, I've always heard it said this way, and I've always just lived it this way. Uh, do what God has told you to do with all of your ability until he tells you to do something different. Not until something else looks better. Not until you're like, hey, this might be... Do what he has told you to do until he specifically tells you to go do this. Now, too often people will come in and they're like, yeah, I think God's really telling me to do this. And I'm like, yeah, where'd you get that from? Because I'm telling you, that doesn't line up with the will of God, but you do you. You know, When somebody pulls the God card, I'm not here to tell you that God didn't tell you to do that. But I am here to tell you that uh, the Word of God really doesn't say it. And if you can't show me where the Word of God said it, like, um, I, I don't know. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not here to judge. Uh, am I abiding in my calling? Verse 21 and 22, uh, he goes on to say, Art thou being called, uh, are thy call being a servant? Care not for, he's talking about a slave. Uh, but if thou mayest uh, be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Meaning, it doesn't matter if you're a slave, if you're not. Like At the end of the day, you're all the same in Christ. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, Jew or Gentile, like the smartest guy, you've been to all the seminary, you've done all the things. God wants to use you. What? Yeah, God wants to use you right where you're at. Does that mean that you know some of the things he's calling you to might take a little bit of training? Absolutely. D2 is getting ready to start here in just a couple of weeks. That's a really good spot to start. There's a lot of people who need to jump into D2 and just learn a little bit more of what the Word of God says about some of the major doctrines so they can have a little better handle on it. Okay, start there. Anyway, start at D1 if you haven't done that. But anyway, God will use you wherever you are at in life, no matter what you're going through. Uh, there are times, I, I think back to, uh, I've referenced this several times today, so I'll just keep this analogy. Earlier in our marriage, uh, things were not good, and uh, it seemed like the best thing to do, even after getting saved, would be like, okay, so uh, we are new people in Christ, but we still uh, don't have a marriage here. It would be best for us to split up and just go upon our way serving uh, God 
that's not, God has brought us to this point. What are we going to do with it? And uh, there's more of a testimony that goes with it. But He will use whatever you're at, wherever you're at, no matter what you're going through, to give Him glory somehow or another. Well, I don't understand how this happening in my life gives Him glory uh, because somebody else is going to go through the same thing and you can show them how you were able to get through it. Like, I don't really see how the things that Job went through in the book of Job uh, were really profitable. Like, if I look at it logically, I'm like, uh, that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, except for, for thousands of years, people have read the story of Job and said, oh, that's how I can get through really hard things and still give God glory. Oh, well, now it makes a whole lot more sense. But when you look at things with our linear logic minds, uh, stop looking at them like that and look at them through God's eyes. Uh, we think we need, uh, uh, we need to stop trying to get where we think we need to be and simply be available where we are. Does that make sense? Stop trying to, well, that's the goal. I've got to get there. Uh, did God tell you to get there today? Or did he tell you to do what you're supposed to be doing right now? And then as you do that, he will grow you. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification is different than salvation. Salvation happens in an instant, like a blink of an eye. Man, I wish sanctification happened like that. Yeah, I, but it doesn't. Sanctification's hard. It's step by step. It's day by day. It's decision after decision, doing the right thing. The Lord, I said this earlier, the Lord is far more concerned with who you are than what you're doing. Now, does that mean that you're not supposed to do anything? Absolutely not. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, get your butts busy, right? to paraphrase, because I don't have time to get there. Like, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to lay your life down for me, right? But no, uh, he's much more concerned with you being who he's called you to be than doing whatever you think it is that he's telling you to do. Now, sometimes it's very black and white. You need to do this. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But then there's other times when it's like, I, I don't know, just do what he, just be who he's called you to be. Uh, a better husband, a better friend, a better disciple, whatever it is, like be that. And the other things, they start to move forward. They start to move. Uh, the sixth question you can ask yourself, we're almost done. How am I using the cards that I have to give God the glory, right? So he's talking about, you know, this guy was a slave, this guy wasn't. And, you know, I'm talking about, you know, if you've ever played cards, I really don't. But, you know, you know the analogy. Sometimes you just get, you're just dealt a bad hand in life. You're just like, the best thing for me to do here is fold. That's never the answer. Not with God. Uh, am I using the cards that I have to give God glory? That's hard to do sometimes. You know, I, I, I lost a child. I, you know, did this in life. I did that in life. Like the hard things. How did God get the glory through it? I don't know. Am I using the cards that, that I have to give God the glory? Uh, verse 23 and 24, I'm trying to move very quickly. Sorry, I want to get done. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, uh, You're bought with a price, be ye not the servants of men. Brethren, let every man uh, wherein he's called therein abide with God. Uh, I want to get through this because this is the really good part. Uh, serve who paid it all for you, not the other way around. Too often we get really caught up in serving men. Well, I think this guy really wants me to do this, or my spouse really wants me to do this, or, you know, and we just, we're serving people all the time. We're people pleasers. That's what churches are today a lot of times. I'm going to just please the people, please the people. Like, I don't care how many people are here. I'm going to tell you what the Word of God says. And uh, if you like it, that's great. If not, I'm sorry, but that's what it says. It doesn't change because your situation didn't agree with it. Um, abide in, notice that it says, so what does it say? This is what I really want to get to here. It says, uh, wherein he is, in verse 20, brethren, let every man wherein he is called there, uh, therein abide with God. Notice that it says with God. Very seldom in the Bible does it say abide with God. It tells you a lot of times to abide in God. You're supposed to abide in Him, in John. Like, just live in Christ. And we should do that. But notice, in this context, and in the context of situations in your life, 
It says abide with Him. What does that mean? That means He's in the fiery furnace with you. He's the fourth dude that's there. Right? That's what's happening. It doesn't say abide in. It says abide with. Whatever is hard in your life that you're going through, there's like, I just don't understand why it has to be this way. I just don't get it. Why does, why, why does that look so good over there? Why is it so easy for them? That's because it's Facebook. Nothing's real on Facebook. I don't care what your Facebook pictures look like. Like, your life's a mess just like mine. I know. Because I live life. That's just what happens. I don't even look at that stuff. But I'm just telling you, like, this stuff drives me crazy. It makes it look like your life's just perfect. Give me a break. Maybe you're having a really good time with life, and you should, but nothing's perfect except for Jesus Christ and Him crucified, right? And your life in that. So, he, he says, abide with me. Therein, abide with me. Because you know what? Whatever it is I've called you to do, I'll be there right there with you to get you through it. It's hard. It's, it's really hard sometimes, but I will be there with you. Yes, you're supposed to abide in me, but I will abide with, you. Abide with me as well. Abide with me. Your last two questions will be done. Who am I really serving, right? Right? Uh, Verse 23 talks about this. The, the best way to answer this question, because I understand, we're like, yes, I'm serving God. I'm here on Sunday morning. That's what I do, right? Okay, great. Who am I really serving? The best way to answer this question, and you can do this on your own, is ask yourself, if circumstances changed, usually for the worse, would I still be doing what I'm doing? Yo, yeah, I'm all about the ministry. I'm all about following Jesus. I'm all about, well, what if like something really bad in life happened? What if circumstances changed and things got really, would you still be doing it? Did he tell you to do something different yet? No. Uh, okay, well, that lets you know who you're really serving. Are you serving men or are you serving God? And your last question, it's very simple. Do I, because it says in the last verse, it says, therein abide with God. Do I, ask yourself, do I abide with God? Now remember, abide, rest. Do I rest with God? Or do I see everything that God tells me to do is this big task list of things that I just have to get done? Abide. Rest in Him. Abide in Him. That's what we're supposed to do. Because no matter what He's called you to do, He's right there with you to get you through it. You guys know this. Sorry, I went over. I kind of wanted to wrap this up. But that's, that's it. Uh, he gets right back into some marriage stuff. But understand there's a lot of marriage context here. And so, uh, yeah, with that, let's pray. Uh, invite people to the, the marriage study coming up. Uh, God has a lot of things to say, and uh, I'm kind of nervous about saying some of them, so uh, it'll be really good. So uh, uh, let's pray and we'll get out of here. Father, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Uh, your, your word is uh, so uh, just truly awesome in our lives and uh, in, in every sense of the word. Lord, I do pray that you would allow it to uh, just prick our hearts where they need to be pricked, uh, to grow in the areas that we need to grow, uh, and Lord, that we would just simply do what you're calling us to do right here today moving forward. Uh, I pray that you get all the honor and the glory in our lives. Send us out this week as lights in a really wicked and dark world, uh, but use us uh, to be the salt and the light uh, where it needs to be. And so, uh, Lord, I pray you get all the honor and the glory. I pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches to us today, that you would just give him the boldness to say uh, all the things that need to be said. Uh, Lord, I pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, guys, I'll see you next week.